Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Fantasy Book fans? This is Phantology. I am Steven with Ben, Jake, and Josh. And today, uh, this is our weekly episode, or sorry, not our weekly episode. This is our monthly episode, special episode. And we started this last month where we are going to do a debate. So uh, tune in for what that will be. We are also going to talk about our top three in fantasy. And this month, it is going to be top three sexy villains so very specific and very provocative you are not going to want to miss that right i'm gonna have fun doing the thumbnail for for uh for this episode yeah please keep it uh safe for work with the thumbnail josh (laughs) i really wish ryan were on this podcast oh my gosh he would have some amazing entries we need ryan to do a special entry for this ryan is not here because he is soaking up the sun in hawaii He's increasing his sexiness. Yeah. He's turning into his own sexy villain. And I will say, just as a shout out to Ryan, if he ever listens to this, he actually got a sunburn on his neck. But the reason why he got a sunburn was because he listened to the guidance to not use sunscreen because it damages reefs. And so he got some like uh, reef, like safe sunscreen, and it apparently did not work very well. That's some Ryan trivia for you. So you save the planet at peril of your own health. I guess the moral of the story. (laughs) I guess that uh, little marginal increased chance of getting skin cancer is worth it. We need need to save the reef. Save the reefs. Absolutely. Uh, Back on the topic of this episode. So we're going to start with our debate. If you tuned in to last month's, you'll know that uh, Josh and I Josh and I are once again going to be teaming up um, for this side of the debate. We're each going to take one side of a topic. Josh and I probably got creamed in the debate of mm. do fantasy book authors owe us works or not. Don't know about that. Steven. It is a fact. I don't know I about mean, that. Josh, you had a uphill battle and you conceded everything in your opening arguments. Josh's opening argument was basically like this position is indefensible. <laughs> yeah, we will still argue it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay. So this month we're going to do should the Wheel of Time TV series be released in weekly installments of episodes or in some kind of batch thing. And when actually question for you guys, when you say batch thing, Amazon has been doing the first three and then every week. So what are you arguing? Are you saying Netflix style batch? Where I think I think just to to have it clear cut, we'll be doing either all in bulk, like the whole season at once or weekly. Um, we, we do plan on bringing up the current Amazon philosophy. Oh, you yeah, guys already we, have. We've done some research. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Josh, have you I've done, done research? research too? <laughs> Josh is, Josh is doing research. research. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've done research as young adults living in the streaming era. So I think we kind of know how. Nope. You guys do not know what you do not know. Okay. All right. Well, Josh and I, once again, may be getting creamed. <laughs> Whatever. Bring it on. All right, so uh, let's get started. And, and we should say the reason why we're doing this is because last week at Comic-Con, Rafe announced that the showrunner, Rafe Judkins, announced that it was coming out in November. And there is a poster with Moraine. With the Waygate. Is that what it is? I yeah. Actually... Yeah, they, it's, con- well, it's confirmed that the, what is it called? Like the text associated with the image has like a little blurb. And it, the, it mentions alternative text. Yeah. And it uh it specifically mentions a waygate. Uh, still not not quite sure how I like that. And because and the, the Dusty Wheel did a whole thing on it with Nabless and Daniel Green. And I can't remember who brought this up, but there's no indication of like a leaf and the whole idea that the waygates 
you know, they're hmm. grown. So I'm hoping that's not the final look of them and it's just for the poster. Right. right I, I right. think they answered that was the final look of them. I, th- I thought that was in the Q&A or oh, something. Did they, oh, the, yeah. other, the other theory it could be is, which the alternative text, if that's what it's called, um, seems to disprove, but maybe it's her leaving the way gate, like on the way out. It's the other side of the way gate. Yeah. So maybe, maybe the the Randland side of it looks more leafy. Hmm. Yeah. It could just be the way gate is now open and it's like in its portal form. Yeah. It's a <clears throat> minor detail. I'm disappointed, but it's Jake it's has been thing. overly critical of every single wheel of time. Piece, uh, nugget we've yeah. gotten i'm no i i bring up things he's definitely people are much more critical than jake i mean jake's not getting after the the acting and and the, or the casting criticism right like no, that's we're, true we're but it's like the, on that stuff. it's like the dagger he's like this looks like a well, cw I'm, show oh, yeah. i'm really yep. excited yep. i'm really excited <laughs> to see it but i'm also nervous for it and i'm trying to just temper my expectations i'm gonna watch it and i'm gonna love that we have an adaptation of the wheel of time no matter what. Okay. However, they, I'm just trying to point out, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be season eight of Game of Thrones again. We're once be again at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. You have to be realistic about this. <laughs> so. I know. I still remember defending like so hard season eight of Game of Thrones. As season eight came out, I was like, I don't know, guys. It seems a little rushed. I don't know how they're going to be able to do it all. They're like, oh, no, no, they got it. And then. I'm just trying to steal myself for that possibility. Like I said, I'm I'm really excited for it and I'm sure it's going to be great. And like with that Waygate, wait, is it Waygate or Gateway? Waygate, creative license. Like it's not a big deal. I think it detracts a little bit from the world building, but it's not a huge deal at all. Well, the thing is, it's like, that's such a gray area because it's like, it would be such an easy thing to include. You know what I mean? Like, I get the fact that, like, you're going to change things where, like, okay, even, like, Tom's instrument changing to more of, like, a guitar-type feel. Like, sure, like, you can make those changes because, like, there's some, like, deeper impact maybe. But to not not just put, like, a leaf on something when it's clearly maybe, like, a you know, maybe a day's extra work for props or something. I don't know. It it seems like that's something that they could have done. I don't know if it's a monetary thing or if it was a stylistic thing hoping yeah. that it would attract more people with this visual style. I don't know. Not a big deal though. It's not going to affect the the quality of the show in my opinion. Yeah. So you mentioned Game of Thrones season 8, a weekly installment show. Let's let's kind of carry this <laughs> Ooh, over yeah, into the gonna, argument. Yeah, are we, are we going uh-huh. are we going straight in to that? We're going we are now we are now going into the debate. Yes. No more no more news. Uh well you, I I mean I think that's the news. Unless I, well, I was going to say the, the Dune, the Dune trailer, trailer came out. Full okay. Trailer. okay. That's so you want to do a little more news. We previously in, in monthly episodes, we'd done like heavy news. We'd kind of gone away from that. Just to do like t- a couple top news stories. Okay. Okay. But we could, I mean, the, if you want to talk Dune about the Dune trailer. The Dune trailer is a top. It's a top. Okay. Story. Let's talk about the Dune trailer. It looks um, so good. Yeah. It looks amazing. so freaking good. I was going to say, Steven's going to love it because it got it has Zendaya. 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 You just yeah, assume yeah. that I have a crush on Zendaya? Yeah, absolutely. Zendaya. She, Zendaya, whatever. She's right in your wheelhouse, Stephen. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Okay. It's understandable to, to, to mispronounce that, especially more towards the we standard. Cor- we corrected her like, pronunciation. We corrected like three times. We corrected Ben like three <laughs> okay, times. Okay. That's, it's, it's stuck in my head. It's all Ben's fault. <laughs> okay, Zendaya. Um, do I have a crush on Zendaya? <sighs> Probably you will after this after this uh, movie. I don't know. I don't know. She's got like this thing sticking out of her nose. It's not the best look for her. <laughs> anyway, the trailer okay. looks phenomenal. It I does. Think. Yeah, it, really does. it looks. It makes me wonder how they did not commit to two movies right away. Yeah, and I want like how could they have not have just filmed the second half with how much effort they've put into this? Like, mm-hmm. seems like it would have been a no brainer. Yeah, it but seems maybe, like they kind of maybe tackled all the hurdles. Stuff. It seems like they've tackled everything that would make the second part difficult, right? Yeah. If this movie is as good as the trailer makes it look like it's going to be, and they don't do a second movie, that's like got to be one of the biggest yeah. outcry-worthy things. That's, that's like, like well, the Justice of League Dune, times though. seven. I know. I, well, I feel like the the reason why they wouldn't do it is because it doesn't get as much support, you know? 
as you know many people are saying yes if you're listening go see dune in the theaters like five times (laughs) yeah just buy the whole row so that you can just experience it all that's right and you can be socially and you can be socially distanced at the same time it's a big win-win you don't buy the row you have to buy like you know, like two, two and back, two in front, oh, yeah, one sure. on either side. You got to make a little uh-huh. square around yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. We can go into weekly episode. Uh, that's, I think now. that's the main news. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big, that's the big news. Any book news? I don't, I don't know of any. Rec- or the Reckoner's oh, book. Yeah. Lux. Yeah, Lux. Lux. I, just yeah. Fin- I finished Lux uh, last night. Sanderson oh. has monthly news. He has always got something. Yeah. Yeah. Tell Sanderson. Us about Lux. <laughs> Sanderson has a book coming out every month. Uh-huh. But it was good. I mean, so if you don't know what Lux is, Sanderson has a, a kind of side uh, project that he started about 10 years ago. It's called The Reckoners. And it's not like, it's more of a YA grade book series. And it's kind of like, I would say the thing it compares most to is The Boys, where you have like superheroes that are kind of like innately evil. But the YA like super super it's like um, the pg version of yeah, yeah. yes yeah yeah think boys premise but not boys execution <laughs> jupiter boys is like our jupiter what was that one jupiter show jupiter ascending or something rising no. jupiter jupiter rising yeah jupiter oh, rising yeah. is like the pg-13 Ju- version oh jupiter concept. ascending is that shining tatum movie. that's a shining table movie yeah. yeah but the the netflix jupiter comic show anyway and then yeah. and then reckoners is like the pg version of that show uh-huh. i don't know no there's some I mean, there's some, a little bit more graphic things that happen. It's PG. No, no, no. This book, well, the book I just read was not PG. Oh, I mean, if you were to oh, actually Lux. depict things that happened in that book, it would be, I mean, it could be R, you know, there's uh, there's heads that explode. Ooh. There's Ooh. holes that open up in the middle of torsos. There's, you know, there's some decent Getting stuff. Getting edgy. Well, it was, it was co-written this time, it, right? It was co-written. I think Sanderson basically uh. did the outline and maybe like wrote, specific scenes or something but i thought it flowed really well it, it read like a sanderson book had a sweet twist at the end um and you don't have to have had read the previous t- trilogy but it does add to it but it's not necessary are there characters from the there are characters trilogy? mentioned yes like prof is mentioned david's mentioned okay and they have uh david is only mentioned prof actually has screen time does it take place before or after or during? Uh, during, slash okay. before and after. I mean, there's there's mm. kind of scenes from. All right, it's got a floating city. That's cool. It does. It does have a floating city. And where where's the floating city in the world? It's it's it, our it's world. DC. It's DC that's floating, right? But it's yeah, floating over yeah. Texas. Yeah, exactly. And okay, I'm on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's uh it's good. It's an Audible original. Um, and, but it doesn't have like a super podcasty feel or anything. Like, uh, like his other mainframe, um, which is the production company, has like mm-hmm. kind of background music and stuff. This one doesn't lean as much into that. And I think that he's planning on releasing like you know a hardcover of the book. Oh, so, like the original. The, yeah, the original like, is the name of the other one. Yeah. Yeah, the original. Um, this one is. It doesn't have like as much background music or anything or, okay. like, guns firing or anything in the background it's just but the narrator is really good so yeah that's kind of overview of that book i would is it, say is it stephen pacey though uh i don't think so yeah i'm, I'm just kidding oh. you said the narrator is good and i was just comparing okay. to the goat the goat narrator there go oh he's the one that does uh what's his name right Slaw. First yeah Slaw. first first, first Slaw. Slaw. yeah yeah definitely not that good but he doesn't need to be that good either. So there's like a few mm. POV characters. So okay, now is the time for the debate. After like three false starts, we're finally starting the debate. <laughs> okay, you guys have researched apparently. So and, and by the way, I'm gonna try to like facilitate the debate, but I'm gonna argue on Josh's side. But by facilitate, I just mean if we're on something for too long, I'm gonna like jump in and say, okay, let's talk about another point or something and move it along. Okay. Anyway, I can see this being very, very non-biased. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, they have a great point. Let's uh, let's move uh-huh. on. <laughs> uh, good point. Yes, next. Okay, so Ben and Ben and Jake, uh, opening argument statement. Jake, you want to take it? Um, yeah, our argument is two points: one main point, and one side point. Um, we believe that the the bulk release of a show like The Wheel of Time would 
tend towards a more artistic, and I don't know, I didn't expect to have to put this on the spot, but just creating a, a better work of art. Like the, the art piece itself would be of higher quality if it was all in bulk. And our side point is Amazon tends to gauge the success of a show based on how many new users it brings. So how many people sign up for Amazon Prime in order to watch Wheel of Time, basically. And we also argue that a bulk release would increase those numbers more than a weekly release would, and therefore signal to Amazon of its, of its success. Okay, so question. So it sounds like, wait, Josh, are we questioning them? Or are we doing it, our opening statement? So I feel like we need to follow with our we, opening we, statement. We can do it opening and, statement. And then, yeah. and then you can <laughs> then. question. Yeah. Okay. Look at look at me. Look at my non-biased. Yeah. Very good. Here. Uh, Very big. Okay. Try not to give give your whole side. Well, last time, you, Stephen, you can do the opening arguments this time because last time I apparently, you know, my rhetoric was too amazing for the debate yeah. last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me think of what our opening argument is going to be. <laughs> I didn't watch okay. the last episode, so I wasn't sure this format. Was. No, that was good. No, no, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Somewhat of a classic debate format with. Uh, Lots of disorganization. Okay, our opening argument, I, the, the main point that comes to mind when I think about this is- Wrong. Okay, Trump. Um, <laughs> will you just shut up, man? Uh, <laughs> so I think this is what Josh was wanting to jump in and, uh, and argue with you guys about right away. But my, what I would like to argue, and Josh, let me know if you have any more points you wanna argue, but I think that a weekly release will in fact increase the popularity of the show more so than a bulk release. And I feel like it, it probably would have been nice if we had some numbers around this, but I feel like shows like Game of Thrones or like The Mandalorian, big Disney plus success that did the weekly release really got people talking, kind of raised the stakes from week to week as you were waiting for the next episode. And just seems like more fun to me I would much rather have it be released every week where I can talk to you guys about like, oh, what'd you think about episode one, et cetera, et cetera. If it all comes out at once, I'm going to binge it all. And I'm not going to remember stuff from like the middle of episode five. I'm going to be mostly thinking about episode seven and eight. So uh, yeah, those are my reasons. Okay. For, so uh, I, think, I think for me right now, my definition of success is that this show does well enough to ensure future seasons of the show. Right. And so I think that, like as major fans, yes, we will like enjoy it and we'll have like this, this engagement over a longer period of time. But I really want this show to transcend the major fan base, right? I've had several shows recently where I've just stopped watching in the middle because of the weekly release format, like uh, Mayor of Easttown, The Nevers, like those are all shows that like I would normally enjoy, but like it's just mm. constantly waiting. I just lose interest. And I think that that would be the case for a lot of kind of, kind of like people that have never heard of this that would just kind of binge it and really become fans um, had they been able to binge it all at once. So you're saying people are so trained to binge things that if they're not given it right away, they will lose interest no matter what it is? I think what his, just to clarify what Ben is saying, it's more so unless you're really hooked on the one episode that has dropped, like you might not be as interested. You like, oh, I have to wait another week for this episode. If you're not super hooked into it by that first episode you've seen, by the time the next episode releases, you might just right. be like, you're not really into it. Whereas if you're not super hooked by that first episode, but you have, you know, six or seven that are already out, you could easily go, I'll try episode two. You know, I'm, I'm mildly, my interest is mildly peaked with this mediocre episode one. Let me try episode two. And we know so, that it's hard. It's really hard to make a great first episode, you know, like you, you know, like pilots of things always kind of struggle to get their feet underneath them. And we know that Amazon is really pushing this show hard right now. And so they want people like to come in engaged. And so I don't know what it's going to look like after the second, third episode are releasing, but you know, if people aren't as engaged, then they might stop spending that ad money to kind of keep on drawing people in. And so I think it's super important that we get a really good showing here. And, and that's going to mean that we have a, a bulk release. Josh, so, what are you going to say, Josh? Request to share my screen. Okay. <laughs> sure. Oh, we, we have, we have data so coming I'll, in from Josh. Yeah, I, I will. Uh, 
So if you're just listening, Josh is I'll, I'll explain it. I'll try and explain it. Yes. Um, where where is my desktop uh, on share? Technical uh, difficulties classic. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I have to I have to give Zoom access just, to Josh, as you're doing this, I'm gonna expound on Jake and I's original point here. And you can feel free to, you know, cut me off when this is done. But I feel like in order for the one way that weekly releases are successful is if there's such a great mystery behind it that it drives it forward. And I am just hoping that they don't have to resort to that for the show. I think that shows that have to resort to cliffhangers or like these like things that just try and pique your interest for the next next episode that really hinders the artistic ability of the shows to succeed that way. Goes back to your opening to Jake's opening statement. So this this is the reason why you think the artistic liberty will be compromised. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think it's instead of going having a story arc for the season, you have to make sure you have the necessary arcs for each episode. You have to make sure it ends in a way that you know like you don't have to next week. But but it it kind of funnels the creativity towards that mindset of okay how is this going to end to make people want to watch the next episode and be excited for the next episode instead Mm of well i still feel like that is not a natural story arc okay i feel like that is a consideration for bulk release too though because you want to keep people binging not as much you want to keep people binging but it's it's not as much like you look at shows like luke cage and daredevil and stuff and they and And stranger things and stranger things they have like these like yeah they have a minor you know, like there's definitely still a story in the episode, but it's much more like a yeah. book where it's like chapters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the chapter might end on something that like makes you want to start the next chapter, but it's not a whole plot. It's not a chapter. whole big hook thing is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, and I agree with you. I hope that they do avoid that. That's like my biggest criticism of Breaking Bad is that every episode felt like it had to end on a, on a cliffhanger. And it, it just, I would watch like halfway through an episode and then, halfway through the next episode because i felt like that's where the like natural kind of arcs of the episode went but um let me let me share with you some uh google trends so now's the time for the sharing yeah i I think i got worked out are you guys seeing my screen yeah yeah okay but we're not seeing google trends okay google trends right here here we are (laughs) so um for for viewers um or listeners of the podcast you can see that this is a Google Trends in the Forbes article, and there are two lines. One line is in blue, one line is in red. The blue line is the Witcher Google Trends, and the red line is the Mandalorian. So describing this chart, um, the blue line, it goes from November 2019 through like the ending of 2019. These are when both these shows were coming out. The red Mm -hmm. line has peaks, like, I, I don't know, eight different peaks, it looks like when each of the episodes came out at peak. It looks cyclical. It looks its, very cyclical, yes. but is consistently a lot higher than The Mandalorian. Then The Mandalorian goes about, I don't know. You, the, mean, you mean The Witcher. Or the, Witcher the Witcher jumps. Shoots up and jumps and stays above The Mandalorian. However, I think if you're to take the, the area, the total searches, you would get more out of the mandalorian yeah you're saying i have to like integrate so we're gonna, curve. yeah we're yeah, gonna integrate if, over if you integrate, i mean this isn't really a function like if you yes if you uh-huh. take the integral of these two functions you would get a larger uh, I, okay. I, out of. I i had that same article that pulled up josh and you're gonna use it the, for your your, your i had the opposite i had the opposite yeah josh um, you're really stretching you're really stretching that there. I, to me it looks like the area under the curve is greater for the the witcher especially as it goes on I mean, it really depends. It really depends what on the, what uh, happens after. But yeah, wait, Josh, this is yeah. this is very different. Here's the thing: the Mandalorian w- transcended culture in a way that Witcher did not. Like everybody yeah. was talking about the Mandalorian because it just has such Star naturally Wars. a bigger fan base, right? So you can't. This is like apples and oranges, you know? Maybe. Like, no, Maybe, yeah. Think about you have you have the most one of the most popular IPs around, Star right. Wars. And this universally liked show, for the most part, like the Mandalorian was super well loved. And look at how high those peaks are. I mean, and then you you're, have you're asking Witcher. Baby Yoda to compare to the Witcher. Yeah, okay. and then you have the Witcher, which was this niche, mainly just interest because of video games. And so, then look how high yeah, that it's got, got. It's got come on, it's got Henry Cavill. It's kind of a 
Yeah, but and and look at the marketing. The marketing given to The Witcher was like nothing compared to The Mandalorian. But but wait, there there's also less people at the time. This was right when Disney Plus released, so there are a lot in terms of total subscribers. There's a I don't even know if it, Disney Plus had a worldwide rollout when that happened. Mm. So if you took look at the total number of households with that, access that's to fair, Witcher, but the amount of free like totally press different. that the the amount of yeah. free press that the Mandalorian Fiction got. Design. I mean, come on come on yeah it's also tough because the witcher is more of an adult show while mandalorian right pretty massive and, and all those things i think give the mandalorian a better like start like a head start and it didn't like completely overperform the witcher there i feel like we we, we need we need more data more and, data and, is needed and also google trend is it's more likely to favor the witcher though because people don't know what it is so they're probably googling it trying to figure out what the witcher is Dude, versus, oh come on man. Versus, no people didn't know but all, all i'm saying okay my point is with that is that one i think we should get the numbers and actually perform like actually yeah, figure i don't out think we yeah. because that that graph was not up to par i i remember seeing that graph like when it came out and thinking that it favored the weekly release schedule that's why i searched for it in the first place uh-huh. but but um, <laughs> i thought the opposite that's so funny like like 2019 <laughs> yeah yeah okay. it was like when we were first started arguing about um yeah the wheel of time release schedule but either way i think that you want that conversation as part of the culture and i don't think you get that just Here's one the thing like, though josh one drop. The con- that kind con- like for example 20 uh sorry lost was like one of the first shows that was like widely theorized about online because of like you know corresponded with like the rise of like online chat forms and stuff and mm-hmm. but the also the reason why they're able to do that is because each episode was the cliffhanger like that is what drives that type of online engagement is is that cliffhanger type approach to things. I, the Mandalorian doesn't have those cliffhangers though. That's why their peaks were so low. <laughs> Do you, what about what about Game of Thrones? What about Game of Thrones? It's a weekly show. Do you think it had weekly cliffhangers that made the show okay, suffer? I'm going to say again, Game of Thrones reached like a level of cultural like awareness that is very rare like i don't think you can count on that like Mm. people were having watch parties so like sure in like this ideal world where wheel of time like out like outperforms my wildest expectations and we're getting massive block parties together to watch like wheel of time absolutely that should be a weekly i but you can always do that season two my my response to to steven about game of thrones if i remember right the first season, it wasn't really like that with the cliffhangers. I mean, episode one had a huge literal cliffhanger. I felt like the rest of season one was pretty was like the the perfect like everything you would you would hope for. And and the episode one was a warranted cliffhanger as well, um, where it was everything was like meant for this build for like that last episode, basically mm-hmm. season one. But I do think as this as the show went on, it definitely had moments of we're going to try to make this have an emotional end because, you know, we don't really know what else we're going to do here in terms and when they could have instead focus more on these character arcs, have them a little more fleshed out and pay off further down the run instead of just, we need to have something at the end of this episode. So, okay. So one thing I will say, going back to the argument about the wheel of time, not being a very well-known property, I'm going to push against that a little bit. I think it was uh, a YouTuber I was watching throughout the stat that 90 million people have read the wheel of time that's a lot of people it sold 90 million copies so well, hopefully million. people so, have read so, the copies so oh, no. are you saying like 13 so you'd actually divide that number by 13 like has the yeah. First book yeah. The time yeah yeah sold yeah come yeah. on man 14 14 plus 14 plus but, one but also i mean i think it's pretty comparable to game <laughs> of thrones when it started out where the people who know wheel of time now are already going to be fans of are already going to be watching the first season of the right. show. Right, but I think that- They're Most likely to be fans. I think that provides a really good base of people that are going to be watching the show and talking they, about it. Game of Thrones might have started at the same level that we all time starting. Yeah, but-, but I, I'm just saying it reached, like, I don't think we can count on Wheel of Time reaching the same levels of popularity that- Yeah, I, I think what Ben's trying to say is Game of Thrones got to a point fairly quickly where they didn't have to be writing in this way like they didn't, they probably didn't feel the pressure as much of we need to have a cliffhanger in order to get people coming. It was already, we're super popular now, so we can write however we want. So, okay. My, my final point, my final point is 
I, I don't have the data to back this up, but every streaming service, nice. well, every <laughs> streaming service besides uh, Netflix, pretty much every, all, all the main ones, at least all the ones I have access to are doing weekly releases. So they must have data to like be driving this decision, right? Like, like Ted Lasso is coming out week to week. Apple does it week to week. Amazon does it week to week for the most part. Amazon, they, have, they, have, they do a hybrid. They do, they a, do hybrid. a hybrid. Okay, they do a hybrid, but but they still do week to week. Wait, no, wait. Let's keep going through okay. them. Let's keep going through them. Hulu does week to week. What, what wait, else? Josh, I just need what to tell you this. Okay, we're, we're counting because, up Josh's monthly budget right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm like okay, seven ninety nine. I read up on this. Listen, the point, the only point for Amazon to have Prime Video is to drive sales on their website. That is explicitly stated in like leaked documents that that has been put out by Amazon, or I guess. And, and by their website, they mean new subscribers to right. Amazon. Prime. So the way they measure the success of a thing of a show is, is it the first show that somebody logs on to watch? Like, does somebody Basically activate saying, an account? Yeah. Yeah. Like, did they activate uh-huh. this account to watch this show? Dang. So do I need to activate a new Netflix, a new yeah. Amazon account? The cost per first stream is how they measure the success of the show. Now, if you're somebody that sees something advertised and you know that not all of it is out yet, then you, you're most likely not going to you know, activate your account yet because you either want a free account or whatever. The, that's different than the models of all the other things that you just listed. The point of mm-hmm. Netflix is to keep you engaged month to month to month. The point of Amazon is to get you in there so that you then see the value and the Amazon you know, free shipping. And that's exactly how I used the, like how I timed my HBO account is I waited until all of Lovecraft Country was out and all of Raised by Wolves were out because I wanted to watch all of that. And so I wasn't going to get the account right when it came out. I was going to wait until the whole season was out. So then I could, if I wanted to, I could have it for just a short amount of time, watch those shows and then cancel. Well, is that a bad thing? Don't, don't you think their analytics is looking at still what is the first thing rather even if no, it's no, all I think it not. will be but I think that th- at that point like if somebody has to wait like three months the chances of them like being reminded like hey this is a show that you thought about watching three months ago or whatever th- that's like a lot less because they're not and, they're not having it advertised to them as much and to, to respond to that like from what I understand the reason your guys's main reason to have the weekly release is to show that the show is successful you know to help the show be it's successful engagement. it's engagement yeah, no, engagement. engagement yeah yeah show. and then and then also to have it become part of like the cultural zeitgeist right which is that engagement of like people ding, talking ding, ding. about the show ten, ten all those things for Jake. <laughs> <laughs> all those things but if people are in their mindset thinking i want to watch the show i'm going to wait to subscribe until the whole show's out then you're missing out on all that engagement because you want this week to week engagement but you'd be missing out on that because you're just going to wait until it's all out. And, and our, well, I, our argument is just saying, we're not arguing about the cultural engagement and, and all that week to week. What we're saying is in the minds of Amazon, what they're looking at for financial reasons is what is the first thing people watch when they subscribe and people are more likely to subscribe to watch something sooner if the whole show is out. The whole season's out and we do know that amazon does that initial bulk where they release three episodes and so they do know that people are kind of looking for that yeah yeah which is why i think they do that yeah. that sounds like a closing argument from ben and jake and josh has is, is looking for a comeback so josh let's hear okay our closing I, so I, argument. Think, I think that that first argument is fine I, I can't argue that that's their strategy it seems like a pretty weird strategy because it's exactly the opposite for me I have Amazon Prime and now I enjoy all the little perks that come with Amazon that's keeping me from canceling it. You know what I mean? So I think I think the Prime Video is one of those little perks where I it's like keeping me hooked in, but it's not the main reason I have it. So I guess that's different for me who's been a longtime Amazon Prime subscriber. But the second point is I think that's a pretty big disconnect between saying that, that's, that people are more likely to subscribe if the whole thing's out. That might be how it is for you. I don't know if that's like you I'm, have. I'm saying more likely to subscribe sooner. I, yeah, not, you're, you're saying not subscribe more... in general. Just I, if you're going to subscribe, you would do it right away if the show is already out. So I, I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think so for two reasons. One, I think a lot of the people like that are watching it, like we've talked about, are going to be big Wheel of Time fans that are going to want to watch the episodes right away when they come out. 
and they're not going to wait till the whole season's out. And the second reason is because the people that have no idea about the show that might just be see an ad for it or a commercial for it or something might assume the whole thing's out. They're not going to look in before they sign up when they see like this emotional commercial. I want to go watch that show. Let me sign up for the service. They're probably not going to check how many episodes. Are oh, come on. They're man. just going to sign up for that's it. What, that's what every time will. I do. I don't think so. I think <laughs> you time. might do I did, that. I've done, <laughs> I think you might do that. As like, I just used a perfect 100% in defeat. In, I don't know the word. Um, you can't defeat my argument that that's what I did with HBO. And that's my anecdotal evidence. That's your that anecdotal evidence. Plus, I mean, my, my anecdotal evidence <laughs> is that there's a ton of TV shows where I thought the whole thing was out. I went on to watch it. And it was just the first few episodes were out. I didn't sign up for a service because of that, because I already have most services. But I went like uh, the Nevers was a good example. I thought all the episodes were out. I got excited. I went on and only the first one was out. I was a little bit disappointed, which is working against my argument. However, <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless, yeah. I guess we're, we're more arguing for not like the wheel of time fans are going to watch it anyways. We're, we're arguing more for those like new people to get involved with it. And I, and a counter argument, another, I have two anecdotal evidences now. So now my argument is twice as foolproof is the stand. I never watched the stand because it was a new service I had to sign up for. And I was like, I'll just wait until they're all out and then I'll sign up and watch it. And then I just didn't even sign up for it. Cause I forgot about it by that time. And yeah. I love the book. Oh, oh, mic drop. Wait, can, no, can based I, on the book that Jake didn't yeah, sign up yeah. for because of a weekly release. <laughs> <laughs> the anecdotal yeah. evidence of Jake is too strong. <laughs> Josh, Josh, plus, you can respond. I'm just, I didn't plus, Nevers, I, I end up not, not ever finishing the Nevers because it was weekly release. I just didn't care as much. I wasn't very engaged in it. All right. Dang, stunned. I think, I think honestly, honestly, since we're, we're ending, I think it does seem like the, as much as I argued against it for the artistic reasons and then the side point for Amazon's financials, I think in order to create this, the, the engagement we want, I think a weekly release or the hybrid is what's going to be necessary. And I think they're going to do like the first two or three episodes, like they did the boys all at once to kind of give people that cushion to get interested yeah. and then hope they're hooked for the next few releases. Yeah, now that our now that our debate seems to be at a wrap um, with self sabotage and arguments with no data and <laughs> anecdotal evidence of being being uh, assumed uh, indefeatable, is that is that what is the word? That's anyway. what I tried to say, but I don't think it's right. <laughs> yeah, unstoppable. So, do we think that it is going to be the hybrid of three? I, almost certainly going to be the hybrid. hybrid. Yeah. Plus three at the first week, plus five. Is it eight episodes? Yeah, it's eight episodes, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think three and five would be a good, because then you still have six weeks, right, of engagement for it. And you probably um, wrap it right at the end of the year. I don't, is that a thing that they try to do to like, I don't know, around the holidays, people have more time to watch? I don't know. I don't know. That's another thing that they talked about on the Dusty Wheel is um, Witcher comes out late November or early December. I can't remember. Yeah, sometime around then. So they, I don't know. Do you think that they're going to try to release this in a way that it overlaps with the Witcher as little as possible to try to not pull that? I don't know if that's really necessary because to me, I'm not going to be like, oh no, yeah. a Witcher episode dropped today and a Wheel of Time episode watched today. What am I going to do? Yeah. I'm going to watch both. <laughs> I'm going to watch twice as much TV as normal. <laughs> it's a great day. <laughs> it's a wonderful yes. day. Yeah, I mean, as much as I would right. like them to Your wife's push like, it I'm earlier, tired it's okay, hon. Go to go to sleep. You can you go can to go sleep to yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they do think that, that might work in our favor to get the Wheel of Time out early November, like as soon as we could possibly get it. But I don't really see that as a drawback in terms of a customer. I just guys, company. can you believe that it's like November? Like it is coming. You know. No, I'm yeah. so excited. I know. Four, four months, maximum of four months away as we yeah. record in late July right now. And to just kind of break the fourth wall, I, again, like to throw my two cents in there, as a fan, I am so excited to weekly, like to speculate, to like throw out podcast episodes, you know, every, every week. Like this mm -hmm. is something I've been looking forward to for years. So I wanted to like have as much delayed gratification as possible here. Like, you know, in fact, I've held <laughs> off on I've held off on reading Newspring 
just because I'm going to read it right like the week before the the TV series. That's a good one. For whatever reason. That's a good okay. one to read okay. right before that. Because I, like I think it. they're yeah. going to incorporate a lot of uh, New Spring into the first two yeah, seasons. It's going to be, they're really going to play up Moraine and Rosamund Pike, obviously. So yeah. it probably will be more of her backstory. I wonder how much of New Spring we'll get in episode in season one. Yeah, That's probably a whole nother discussion. So anyway, yeah, that's kind of my stance on it. I, I do think that it would uh, be like a tad better artistically if they didn't have to do week to week. But I think that they've written it knowing that they're probably going to do week to week. And so I think that they've probably made the best of that situation. But yeah, I, I don't think week to week, if it is week to week, I don't think that automatically means we're going to have that cliffhanger issue. I just think there's less pressure for that. But they're going to do what they're going to do. And it's going to be good. It's going to be entertaining regardless. Okay, Josh and I have won another debate. We are now two and zero. Uh, maybe maybe next month, guys. Let, it, let us know in the comments uh, who won that debate. Yeah. Wonder, upvote it. Never mind. No. <laughs> upvote it no matter what. <laughs> but, uh, I wish you could do like a poll in the comments. Yeah. Subscribe, subscribe if you like Josh and I, like if you like Ben and Jake. So we know we'll get more subscriptions. We should put two comments in the on the video, one for Team Ben Jake and one for Team Josh Steven. And then whichever comment gets the most likes, that's how we determine who won the debate. Let's do it. All right. So the other half of these episodes is our top three in fantasy for the month. This is a, the thing we do every month on Twitter where we invite everyone in the community or you know anywhere, really anywhere on Twitter, on the internet, come and throw your top three um, at us for whatever the competition is for the month. We'll get you involved into a bracket style poll competition. So last month, the competition was top three animal companions and the winner was Lion Crescent and their top three were Hopper, Aslan from Narnia and Angelo from Final Fantasy. I think this is a later Final Fantasy game that I haven't played. Final Fantasy is a great franchise. I did not really get into it as much once they went uh, like full on 3D instead of just the, the the bit graphics of the early video game systems. Anyway, um, so th those were our winners, Animal Companions. And as noted, we will be doing this month top three sexy villains. So they need to be both sexy and a villain. Both of those... Um, are up for debate. You can debate the sexiness of the person in general, and you can debate the villain nature of the person in general. Um, it's all on the table, and we hope you kind of have fun with this. And uh, yeah, let's let's just kind of you know be sensitive. Let's let's uh, you know, sexy is kind of a a loaded word, so let's not do anything that's going to be too uh, you know. What's the word? how do how do we want to say this, Ben? Yeah, I would say just don't do anything too controversial um, in terms of like having underage people you know that you that you yeah let's, let's not uh we're, let's we're not, not sexualize to, like, anything that's weird yeah. we're not looking to like end up on a like fbi watch list or anything here yeah. so just uh just if you have a if you have like a normal fetish that feeds into your sexiness that's okay if you have a weird one maybe just kind of censor it a little bit for this let's say an illegal one pretty much underage no 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 child no okay. sexualizing children okay i think it's, yeah. I think it's pretty much the limit that we have oh, always right? a good like, thing to not always do. a good thing okay. always a good thing yeah this is just typical like rules of of phantology is yeah that also this video is definitely getting demonetized, demonetized. well we're not <laughs> if we ever get monetized then this video would not be one of them because we said sexy too much because we're talking no. about <laughs> Anyways, so we said not will, to do that. <laughs> I will also say that, that this was inspired by our by our last winner, right? So yeah. he, he was he was the one that uh, that told us that gave us this idea. So I guess that might also be a tradition: is the winner of one poll gets to decide the topic. Yeah, if the winner wants to speak up enough and they've got an idea that seems like it'll work, we will listen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sexy villains. Who wants to start? I can start. Oh, Jake, you can go. Jake, Jake got it. I I really doubt I'm going to steal anybody's this time. So starting off, though, I'm going to go Jamie Lannister. Nice. Well, I he think... was on he was on my list. Oh, was he? You have stolen. 
<laughs> oh, my bad. First one's a steal. I think, I mean, I don't know. He's just very good looking. That is like a key part of his personality. And he's pretty villainous. Number two is a uh, good, good. Yep. Good qualities for a sexy villain. <laughs> <laughs> he is good looking and he is a villain. Um, so that's number three. Number two is uh, Gollum from the Lord of the Rings. Well, okay. Running, ar- running around in that skimpy little oh, yeah, Jake. outfit right. that he's got. Trying to be Ryan weird. This is Ryan. Well, I, yeah, I figured if Ryan wasn't going to be on, I had to channel some of his top picks. All right. I know what to uh, watch for next Jake, time I watch okay. Lord of the Rings with Jake. <laughs> I have to invert this in my mind. So now whenever I need to get Jake like a white elephant gift, I'm going to search for like a fetishized version of, of Gollum. Gollum. <laughs> the, just the loincloth. Get the loincloth. Spe- specifically Gollum, not Smeagol. Smeagol's too normal. Yeah, go Gollum. Well, he's, he's not really a villain. And then uh, number one, I'm going to do Tom Riddle pre- pre-rebirth as Voldemort um I think he was like described as like a really good looking charismatic person mm, I yep, I, yeah. I think I've always imagined him pre like snake features to look kind of like that charismatic like that type of person who's like the neighbors or like old grandmas would love them and like oh there's no way he could be doing anything wrong and like he totally I mean, it's literally something. what Tom Riddle did to an old grandma. <laughs> Maybe that's what yeah, I thought, yeah. With the whole like teacup or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the goblet. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So those are my three. Okay. Ben, you're following. You were, okay. you were up next. Okay. So <laughs> these are actually legit picks, unlike Jake's middle one. Legit meaning you are <laughs> you are sexually attracted to them. <laughs> that's open for debate. So number one, Neth Gala. From the Lycanius trilogy. Uh, she was so, on my list too. Oh, dang. I can't believe, well, well, it's a good yeah. one for you. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, I feel like she kind of nails the like sexy, but also just like crazy, you know, like hot, hot crazy. Yeah. We know yeah. where she lines up on the hot crazy. Oh, yeah. For sure. She is. Yeah. Um, so she's my number one pick. Number two is Mab from the Dresden Files. So, okay. Ooh. Got it from Josh. Stole that one. There are a lot of Dresden Files because uh, yeah. most of the Supernaturals are very sexy. Yeah, there's a lot of Dresden here. And then I'm going to do another one from Harry Potter with Snape. And okay. you might you might argue his villainousness, but... I don't think anyone can argue the villainous. Uh, I think people villain. argue the sexiness. I don't know, uh, man. I don't know. And, man, there's a, I think they're, they're pretty... Alan, Alan Rickman. Okay, Alan, I'll give it to yeah. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. But... The descriptions in the books, greasy hair. Dude, come on. He's he, he pulls that, it off. He he's pulls off that the greasy hair. hair. He's knowing that, like, just as a aesthetic. Didn't he have, like, very, a hook? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's, uh, that is what I'm going with. Okay. I will go. Um, I will start with, I can never rank one, two, and three. Let's, let's go number three. I'm going to go Dresden as well. I'm going to go with Lara Wraith. Um, Ooh, I think you know the villain thing could be. You could be, argue the villain. Yeah, you could argue sure. she's a little of a frenemy, but she definitely plays the villain at times. So, um, in sexiness, you cannot argue because uh, she is described as like the most. I mean, most of the women Harry meets are described as the most beautiful woman ever, but uh, Lara, Lara definitely. And uh, okay, number two, I'm going to go with. Mm, yeah, okay, recent recent history. I'm going with Loki, and. Again, maybe you could argue villain, but come on, early in definitely, early definitely in, villain. Early in Avengers, definitely, definitely, villain. Villain. definitely villain could be argued. I think the and first episode of of Loki really drills home that he is a villain, always will be a villain. Yeah, I mean the TV series is more of a self reflective journey as he tries to uh, you know accept who he is a little bit and and maybe grow a bit, but still you know solidly in the villain camp. And uh, yeah, I don't think you can argue the sexiness either. He's a, he's a good looking guy, which leaves me with my number one villain. And this, this is going to be controversial, but I am going to go with Denna from the King Killer Chronicles. (laughs) (laughs) She is, I think, I think you could read her as totally a villain 
and I guess we can't get too into spoilers, but she sure causes a lot of trouble and a lot of a lot of heartache, really, for our guy Quoth. That doesn't mean that she's a villain. If Daniel Green were on here, he'd be saying Quoth is the villain in that relationship. He is an actual stalker. I think there are times where, from Quoth's perspective, she could definitely appear to be the villain because. Gosh, I, maybe I'm struggling to argue this. Pre, pre-recording, this seemed a lot more likely. So, so just because she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't actively return the protagonist's feelings makes her a villain, Stephen. Is that where we're going? Well, with? Is I that think that she, she definitely. With? It's more leading him on. Is kind of. A I mean, thing I, to do. dang, she doesn't actively lead him on. Maybe I'm struggling to come up with doesn't this. Doesn't she? No. Doesn't she? Well, it's kind of you know her backstory gets explained a bit. Maybe it's just the frustration as the reader where, you know, you really want it to work out and, and maybe, you know, they're kind of struggling and, and we can't see too many spoilers for those who haven't read the series, but uh, you know, it's, it's a struggle. It's, it's, it's a conflict and she's part of the conflict. So could she be a villain? Maybe. Basically the, the level of sexiness of her is making up for the lack of villainousness. Is yeah. She she's sexy though. Quoth describes her as to him, the most beautiful woman, but he does admit to Bass that she has some flaws, which I think is a really nice way to describe um, a woman you're in love with. So um, in that regard, she is quite sexy and someone that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty invested in, the, in their relationship clearly, and I hope they can work it out, but who knows when doors, but who knows when doors of stone will get published. And I don't, ah, gosh, I don't know if I have too much. Little did Rothis know that their relationship would later become an, an analogy for the or the a metaphor for the overall book series yeah it's perfect we but need on to self do episodes yeah we do yeah we, we, we do. are but we're lacking this is my favorite name of the wind is my favorite book here's Wiseman the thing Spheres is quite good as well but not quite phantology has done really good at not we're you know we're pretty hipster with our with our books that we choose to review you know we haven't gone all in on this like Are we Steve Pickens of sanderson and rothis i mean know. we fanboyed way hard for rhythm of war <laughs> when it was coming out okay yeah. <laughs> it was like 40 episodes all right i'm gonna go because we're running out of time my uh number three pick surprising no i like i i know you guys are all like probably thinking oh this is too easy i'm not gonna put it on here right lanfear Wheel of Time. Yeah, yeah. On the list, right? Yeah, for sure. Just pick, pick yeah. up the slack. Another hot, crazy character. Another hot, crazy character. She's like, it's, I, but it's with the really cool dynamic that she's like obsessed with a different like version of the character. You know what I mean? With, uh, I don't yeah. want to get spoilers, but it, it's cool the way it's done. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like with Nethgala, like there is reason which is why she is mm-hmm. obsessed and it's not like totally fake. It's not like she's just there like out of mm-hmm out of evilness you gotta think Neth Gola was inspired by Lanfear yeah it's definitely Lanfear vibes number two I'm going with Randall Flagg from The Stand and wow. he's des- described in the book as being a super charismatic guy got the black boots Jake's, Jake's squinting at me why, why are you squinting I just don't know if charismatic equals, equals sexy well, but also in the show, he's ba- played by Alexander Skarsgård. Jake, don't dictate to yeah. Josh. Who Jake, you're a golem, okay? Yeah. He, he yeah. asked. I didn't, I didn't say anything. He asked. You squinted. You squinted. I'm just and, grossed out with the thought of Randall Flagg, but continue. And, and again, in the show, he's played by Alexander Skarsgård, who is undeniably a sexy man. You know, can't get around Who's, that. Uh, t- tell me more about Alexander. Name sounds familiar. Who else is he? He's um, uh, he may have he's like he a, may have been the clown in it, or maybe his brother was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always get be- confused between he and his brother. Uh, he's in Tarzan. He's like the Tarzan and Tarzan. He's in Big yeah. Little Lies as like the abusive husband guy. He's the Tarzan, um, and he's he is Tarzan. He's yeah, yeah. he's Tarzan. Okay, yeah. I've I've not seen Tarzan actually. I have seen Tarzan, but I was multitasking it, so I don't remember it. I don't think it was very good. I thought that Tarzan um, he's he's a good-looking guy. He's, he is undeniably a good-looking guy. Another good uh, in a loincloth as well, so maybe Jake is interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how you pull off a loincloth, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
(laughs) Number one is Bellatrix Lestrange. Going for also Lestrange. 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 (laughs) That's my head cannon. Is Lestrange. (laughs) Okay, but um, you know it might have something to do with that. That Helena Helena Bonham Carter is, you know, the actress, and she's she's attractive. In the book, she is definitely not as not attractive though. That's just. I don't know if she's unattractive in the books. She's got that. She's got that crazy vibe going for her. Got that crazy vibe. Yeah. Are all three of Josh's characters insane? Is Randall Flagg insane? Oh. Oh, Randall Flagg. Yeah, he's insane. Yes. Yes. He's insane. Is is he insane or is he the incarnation of insanity? I don't know. Yes. (laughs) I don't know. With three insane characters. That's like that's like asking if. that's like asking if dementors are scary or if they're just the incarnation of your fear. Mm, like fair at enough. At what point does it uh, just not matter anymore? Anyway, those are all my picks. Kind of basic, Good you may picks. argue. Good picks. But but there they are. All right. Any honorable mentions that you had on your list that didn't get brought up quickly? Um, of course, uh, what um, Cersei and oh, yeah. another and another Game of Thrones female character that we're not going to mention because of spoilers and we should just at least respect those spoilers but yeah. by the end she is sexy <laughs> and a villain she was always sexy yeah but and she but, was always a villain to some people yes also true okay i think arangar is a good uh honorable yeah. mention who's the who's the one from uh his dark materials like the oh the mom uh gosh what is her name um I want to say Lady Jessica. That's from Dune, obviously. That's Dune. Um, but she Not has a like a, well, sure. But she has like a similar type of title. Um, yeah. Ah, what's her name? Okay, someone look up her name. Um, on my list, I had Florian. Maybe that should have been my choice. I was from... I was thinking about that too. Yeah, but, <laughs> but within the context of the book, she wasn't villainous. Yeah, like she was. She's she was kind of neutral. Villain. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's not yeah. she's not a great villain. But by nature she's villainous, but within the book, definitely not villainous. Denna is much more of a villain. <laughs> <laughs> I had, oh, I had a, there's no coming back in this one. I'm gonna get hate for this. <laughs> a few characters from from Joe Abercrombie's books always kind of pop out as like they're I, they might not be villains, but they're definitely okay. great. I mean every character Logan, Logan Nine Fingers, you know. Yeah, he although he's described great. as like the most ugly man in the world. Yeah, yeah but he is <laughs> so definitely he he radiates radiates uh, some masculinity. That's for sure. That is yeah, true. That's true. That, that, that could be that could be seen. Yeah, if you're just attracted to like pure, like unbridled, I don't know, rage, aggression, yeah, testosterone. Yeah, I mean it. It works. It works for one character in the book. It does. It does. What well, was two characters? Also, oh, what's the one uh, best best served cold? I always she's Monza. Monza. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if she's necessarily a villain, but oh, I mean, I she could. Yeah. Okay. That's a good interpretation. That's a good debate. Yeah. Monza and, and Shivers. Yeah, Shivers. shivers. <laughs> All of Abercrombie's characters are like fairly beat up, but yeah, they just have that. All the characters that make it have only made it because they're ridiculous. <laughs> the, like they're all aggressive. imposing. They're all very imposing. Yes, confidence. Say. Yes. Bias. You're going with bias. No, now? not bias was never considered like especially good looking. Could Glockta have? Yeah, a lot of people. Like, Glockta. No, I mean pre- as, as a sexy villain. Backstory. Glockta. I'm trying to because I definitely there's a case for him being a villain. In the there's current a case iteration. for him. He's sexy. Was it's, was there a it's case very for good. him? Yes, no. This is this is very good, and you haven't even read um, all of the the, short, the stories. Short, short stories as well. So in the short stories in Sharp Ends, there is a story that's that's back in time for Glockta, okay. and for sure fits both of those criteria. Okay, because I was like, there's definitely a time when he was sexy. There's definitely a time when he could be considered a villain, but I didn't know if they ever overlapped. Well, I think for, it's pretty easy all, to consider him a villain. I don't think he's a villain in that story. He's not really really that villainous. Ah, uh, he treats people like. He doesn't treat Total. people well, but but he he and he he's you can he, you can be a protagonist and a villain at the same time. No, I know that, but he doesn't do anything outright villainous. He Gosh, he does like oh the evil stepmother in Cinderella. Gosh, he is, does is not a, he does not though. A villain. 
he gets into um okay he almost yeah you're right you're right yeah we shouldn't spoil things yeah he, we he, won't spoil he, things, almost, he almost does some villainous things because his pride is wounded he selfishly tries to do something very villainous okay from the three right. books right. i've read okay. he has definitely indulged in cruelty which is a villainous act in my mind no, uh-huh. oh no in the later books he's for sure villainous and i think a lot of people find him sexy in those books too there's a, there's a lot of uh blocked thirst is there yeah, oh, there's a lot of Josh has there. been. <laughs> what rabbit well, holes have you been down? Well, first of all, <laughs> exploring <laughs> your Glockta thirst. <laughs> I mean, even even the ending. Well, I don't want to spoil the end of the book, but it's not just that you know, like there's there's a relationship that develops at the end, and it's not just the fact that he's like. I think that there's yeah. some attraction there. Yeah. Debate. Okay. What's well, uh, or there's just or there was just a lot of. Or there's a lot of wine associated with that one. Okay. <laughs> um, others on my list, I have uh, I've Marcone. I think, oh, again, yeah, a I very, yeah, very powerful and, and well put together man from the Dresden Files. I have Cassius from Red Rising. All of the golds are incredibly beautiful. The, the jackal? <laughs> yeah, the jackal, you know, but uh, I, he's yeah. not described as quite as beautiful as Cassius. Yeah. yeah. He is a Sabetha? gold. Sabetha? Is Sabetha a villain? In the third book, she kind of is. Like, she's the... Yeah. She's not really a villain. She's more of a just an antagonist, I well, guess. Well, antagonist. If she's yeah. a villain, then, then I get to have Denna as a villain. <laughs> no, because Denna isn't actively working against, quotes, interests. She is a little bit. She is a little bit in Wise Man's Fear when she comes up with her, you know, her whole... Well, I shouldn't say, but... But was the intent to like put down Quoth? No, I know. No. But it, it worked out that way a little bit. I feel like there's some. I guess there's she's more. Some, sorry, go ahead. I, feel, I feel like sorry. Not I, this debate has been going on long enough. So I'm interrupting. Yeah. But I feel like yeah. Gentle, <laughs> gentleman bastards uh, has some good like both uh, sexy and villainous at times characters. It's got some good characters. We need to review those. Yeah, yeah we do, and probably re- reread them. Yeah. If we can get a solid release on Thorn of Emberlane, I will definitely. He just he others. just made a post. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, really? um, that might be fantasy news. He talked about. Um, I remember. Right? I kind of skimmed it. I, from what I understood, someone was posting it to Reddit that wasn't him. It was like a, like they copied it from a post he made. But basically, talking about going on some new medication to help with his routine to be more productive or something. Okay. So. It was a it was a really good post though. Good. So, wish him the best. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping for for some good mental health around that. I'm just a little confused because I know the book is done. Like he has posted a script, a picture of the manuscript, and it's like all of the pages. I I mean, so is I think so is Rothfuss. So um, yeah, maybe that's yeah. There's there's a pretty infamous picture of that with yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a similar one for Thorn of Emberlane, but I thought it was like actually turned in or something. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, also, our, our recent reading of uh, of what's his face, um, King of Thorns and uh, Oh yeah, Prince of Thorns. Yeah, George. Yeah. George I mean, George, I'm sure there's plenty of George Thurston. and he is a villain. Yes, and and there he's. Too, I don't know if he's described as sexy in the books, but um, do we have time, Stephen? Do you want to talk about the? negative review of the month um let we will skip the negative review this month i don't think uh i don't think it's quite good enough and <laughs> uh, and we're, we're probably at time so thanks for yeah. tuning in uh, let us know who your sexy villains are let me know why i am wrong uh i'm already regretting my denna pick that was <laughs> I, I i apologize i do I legitimately love the books, but I maybe was just trying to go for a little too much there. Anyway, uh, the month of August, yeah, this is August upcoming, will be Sexy Villains. We'll run that on Twitter. So just uh, respond to my call for entries there or DMS, whatever. And then by the end of the month, we will have a winner. I'm just going to put it out there so that nobody gets mad at us. Be a little bit careful of spoilers. Like the one maybe I talked around, like I, I know that, Twitter is dark and full of spoilers, but just be a little bit careful. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And make sure you let us know in the comments who won the debate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we already know, but I think we do too. 
Yeah. If you uh, if you like Phantology Books, you can find more at www.phantologybooks.com. And you can support us at Phantology or at patreon.com slash Phantology Books. And if you want to talk with us, you can do that on Discord, where we have a thriving community of 200 plus members with lots of daily posts and conversations. So hop on there and we'll talk about whatever, whatever books you want. Give us your uh, recommendations. Tell us where to go with the show. We're definitely open to all that type of stuff. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, look, if, you, if you're like a podcast listener and you haven't subbed on YouTube, we're trying to get 150 more before the end of the year. So let's, uh, you know, just give us, give us yep. that subscribe on YouTube. Yes. Yes, please do. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Let's see. what What's our what's our call out? I guess uh, watch. Thank for, you all, uh, all you sexy villains out there. Keep yeah, tuning wa- in. Watch for men in loincloths and let us know if they're villainous because we are going to be interested. All right. Okay. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> <laughs>